good afternoon actually good night well welcome ladies and gentlemen to this edition of the sideline junkies podcast tonight is tuesday night flight uh before we even get started let's go ahead and take care of the business because i come to business i handle business i stand on business um look below you got the um the banner for our discounted alcohol uh you go to www.byfortmoose.mose.com forward slash discount forward slash maniacs. Now to the show. I am the aforementioned Midnight Writer. This is the biggest Tobias Harris fan in the world, the big guy KG. And we are here to entertain. Hello, everyone. I was going to say something totally different. I, I, I was going to say the man that still sings a thong song in the shower, but <laughs> I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. That thong, the thong, thong, thong. But uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As the Midnight Rider said, welcome to the Tuesday Night Flight. Uh, we are here for your listening pleasure. Um, got a few things to cover, so let's go ahead and jump into it as promised. I have a special announcement, and I believe we're going to lead with said special announcement. So, without further ado, I'd like to take this time to everybody out there in podcast land, Facebook land, Twitch land, YouTube land, wherever land you're in, to say it's me, the big guy KG, at 7.34 on December 12th of 2023 for me to say to the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers welcome you have arrived both teams coming off of impressive wins this week uh I said we would have to wait a little bit to see about San Francisco San Francisco blew the doors off of Seattle we'll get to that when we do the week 14 recap but that had to be said. Dallas has been playing very, very good ball, and this was going to be a test for them. And I think this is the first time they've scored 30 points in three straight home games since the 90s. I believe that's what the stat line was. So welcome to the 49ers. Bang, bang, nine a game. The Cowboys, uh, Cowboy Nation, no hate, no nothing. You have arrived. Now, how long will you stay there is the question because uh, Philly, you haven't arrived yet. So you go back down to that status. You haven't arrived yet. So that was my special announcement. I had to give love and flowers where they were due. And that was me as a football fan. That's not me as a Commanders fan. That's me as a football fan. Midnight Rider. Since... The list is going to be in a lesser role in the weeks to come because we're done with college football. I think we need to do the Arrive 5. The Arrive 5 is what we need to do. Okay. You take All five right. teams that, that they're the top five teams. Those are five teams. It could be for that week. It could be in the standings, however you want to do it. The arrive five every Tuesday. This, this is uh any sport. No, we're doing basketball. I mean, we're doing football the rest of the okay. way. Okay. 
Rest of the way, football that the rest of the way. Who top five teams that have arrived? Your five arrived. Okay. All right. And if we can get us a little um gift, like a little train gift, we good. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say something. <laughs> We're not going there. We we went there Sunday. We're not going there. If you have not watched Sunday's show, please go back and watch it. Um we're gonna start this off with the NBA. We're gonna skip around the around the uh the NFL for a second, and we're gonna start this off with the NBA. Now I messed up here. Hold on, hold on. That's not supposed to run across the the screen. Um, the NBA in season tournament. Uh, man, Lakers win. Rightfully so. They 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 and people are already trying to discredit this. Uh, somebody said it's an AAU championship. It shouldn't count as a real <clears throat> championship. So I'll say this as a Laker fan, how do you feel about it? See, most people expect me to have a rant, but I think the Lakers have to comply to the, to the banner requests because we have to, in order for this to work, there has to be buy-in. Um, I would normally say don't put it up, but I think I think honestly, I don't even think they're gonna have a choice in this matter. I think Manfred came up to him. Um, you had the buy-in from LeBron, you had the buy-in for some of the superstars. So I think you have to do the um do the banner and, and commend it, commemorate. That's the word I want to use commemorate the um the game and the situation because if you don't do it then this will be like what's the point so it has to be some level of reverence given to this tournament if you're going to keep doing it because i think they're going to do this until it catches on okay now here's uh something that now hold on hold on before i go forward okay what's the political answer the (laughs) second answer is i don't like the fact that we're putting the banner up because it's not a true championship in terms of the the um, Larry O'Brien trophies. So I don't like it in that regard, but I understand from the standpoint of doing what's best for business. In the words of Vincent Man, that's what it is. The Lakers are doing what's best for business. Okay. Now, this is a question that was posed by one of my good, good friends. And I say that because... He brought I, I I I don't see the the vision, but the way he explained okay. it, I had right. to think about. It. I had to I had to marinate on it. But now the NBA came out and they said that they would like to make the in season tournament. Whoever wins it gets an automatic playoff shot. I mean, the automatic they got a, a playoff spot. They're automatically in the playoffs once you win it. And I, my question is, okay, what about the teams that are decimated by injuries and they lose? 80% of the games down the stretch, they crumble. Like, t- so many teams we've seen crumble at the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, and they just go downhill. You know, they're the hottest team in the NBA November, December, first half of January, and all of a sudden, you know, they went from hot shit to cold diarrhea. What about those teams? And they'll win the, the tournament. But you're going to put them in over the team that was a slow starter, that was – one in 15 starting out got hot 
and went on a 30 and three run, you know, to get to the all-star break. What about that team? And then they're clawing their way in. And the next thing you know, they're one of the hottest teams coming into April. And you're saying, well, Team A, yeah, they lost the last 19 uh, of the last 22 games. But, yeah, you just won 31 out of out of 29 games. But we're not going to let you in the playoffs, even though you have a better record. Like, I'm just – how do you feel about that? Because I'm, I, I had to think about it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's good." But he also said, "Move the tournament later into the season." Well, then you're de- defeating the point of the tournament if you move it to later in the season. Okay. The whole point is to get these games in in November and December to actually mean something to the players, um, be something that they strive for and they play in. Um, and if you notice, there wasn't a whole lot of load management. Um, during the in-season tournament. A lot of guys played the nights they were supposed to on the in the in-season, and maybe that next night is the night they took off. So I don't I, I, I don't see them moving the tournament at all. It goes against what they were doing it for. They're trying to keep the ratings with TNT and whoever else they're going to get in bed with for TV. Um, that's why you had one night on ESPN, and you had the other night on TNT. It's because it's all about the money in this situation. Uh, in terms of the playoff spot, that was a test bubble. I think Rob, I think he was just trying, I called him Ron Manfred, I'm sorry, Silver. I think Silver is trying to just do a test bubble to figure out what can I do, how much can I push this, how much incentive can I put in this tournament to incentivize the teams involved. Um, and I think once he gets the response, I think he'll back off of that and he'll try to find another solution. Like maybe the money goes up, you know, maybe instead of 500 grand, maybe it goes up to 750, 750. <laughs> so you keep talking to me like that. I'm going to go to Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching that this morning. Uh, Matt says, at least it makes the tourney worth, worth something. I, I, I'll say I wasn't sold on it at the beginning, but watching the basketball and the coverage of it. I, now, one thing they can do away with next time, do away with the hideous, hideous ass courts because them joints putting a hurting on my eyes, man. You can't. You have to. You can't. Okay. You know what you can do? Because it's all about it's all about making this night different from any other night in the NBA season. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. See, I, I and this is the thing. You said something, and it's true. It's not catered to our generation. It was guys. It's a Boston fan that I follow on uh, Twitter. Really, really cool dude. And when I say Boston through and through, I mean Boston through and through. Like he talks Boston all day long. And okay. really big Lynn Bias fan. That's how we became. That's how we started following each other. Because he was a real big Lim Bias fan. He was talking about Lim Bias, and we got into a conversation. I sent him a podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. But um, he said, you know, seeing Boston not play on parquet floor had to be the most sickening thing I've seen in this NBA season. And I'm like, I'm, I'm with you. But Milwaukee. Chicago, L.A., the Lakers, I mean, 
um, Sacramento. You go, you, you, you something that you don't see very often. You want to, you want to bring those, 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 those fans from our generation into the end season tournament. You go back to, in Boston, you go back to the old parquet floor, that darker parquet that, that, that they had. You got to be careful. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about having like the classic floors. Like, right. I would almost and, say, if um, you remember the end season tournament, right. Instead of doing like the city jerseys, you right. Do, like throwbacks. Um, and then commemorate so, the old floors. Like, in Milwaukee, um, you'll have the Mecca. Right. In LA, you'll have the old form floor. In right. uh, Sacramento, you have Arco Arena was the only floor that had like a, it didn't have a brown tint to their wood. It was mostly it was more white. For New York, you you darken the garden again. Make the make the crowd dark so all the spotlights on the on the floor, and you change the floor back to the '90s colors or something. You know, you 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 do the things that that will that brings back the nostalgia, but you bring back that older crowd and like, yeah, I remember when they played like this, and you bring back those uniforms a couple of nights. You bring back you you still incorporated with the city uniforms, but those those floors and that in season tournament, I am sorry, they look like something you would create on NBA Two K when you created a stadium, and you just wanted to throw right. something on the floor. You got you got to do something better. Again, as earlier comments brought to you by me, this tournament is not for me and you. I'm trying to make it for me and you. I'm trying to make right. it for us. See, this that moment you just gotta kick your feet up and just know it's done. Like you, you're good. You're past. You know, like we gotta pass the torch. You gotta pass the torch to the next generation of basketball fans. They're not ready for it yet. I understand, but you gotta just go. Okay. You, see, you still got, you still got a foot left in the demographic in part part of the demographic. See, I'm on the whole other side of it. Like, like I, I'm so far, I'm I'm far enough away. Like, I gotta like go hello, and it's like an echo to how far away I'm from it. I told it you, is, when I put my agent, you gotta put your year in. My joint, like the um price is right. I'd be scrolling like this. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Going back to the banner, the banner itself. I don't agree with it, but when you explained it, I see where you're coming from. It's not something that LA wants to do. And as soon as you, before you explained, I seen a video of Kobe that said we don't hang division trophy, uh, division banners. We don't hang conference championships. We don't hang attendance banners. It's only championship banners enough. Right. And I was like, that's the way it should be. Right. Because for so long, I remember the Mystics got clowned because they had five banners because they were the attendance champions. For five years in a row, why do you have those banners up? Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't much up in the ceiling at that point in time. No. Um, at MCI or Cap One, it was like those four banners, um, a couple of division titles, the finals um, for the for the Bullets, um, and then like a couple of Caps jerseys up until nineteen. So I mean, we wasn't like it was room. Yeah. And you, I guess you had to fill it in. It's not like Boston, where you have the retired numbers and then you have 17 banners. It's not like L.A., where L.A. has a wall of their retired numbers and the mic for Chick Hearn. Uh, 
And I like how you said Boston first. I like how you said Boston first. I know Boston that was intentional. 17 first. Stop it. I know that was intentional. Okay. okay. How many in the last 37 years? Huh? How many have they gotten in the last 37 years? 37 is what? What's what's 37? Like uh, what's 37 years from now? Was it 87? Oh, one. Yeah. Okay, one. Yeah, I give you that. Okay. I give you that. Yeah. It was it was a curse. It was a curse. But we're not gonna get into that. Um, which way you want to go now? Um, let's go ahead and go to football. Give me a napkin. You gotta take the NBA in season tournament banner out. Of course I do, because I did it wrong yet again. I did it wrong, buddy. It's all good, man. I'm I'm still learning this new way. The the boss BJ got us doing things a little different, and he's on special assignment tonight because you don't see his uh smiling face. Smiling faces. I'm sorry. I knew you were singing it. Huh? So I knew you were singing it. Yeah, that's that's my drink. All right, week fourteen is in the books. Uh, banner. Here's the thing. Banner. Thank you, sir. I'm trying to do so much. I'm trying to do so oh, much. Oh, man. You know why I delayed this recap? Because that was God awful this week. Oh, Pitt. you were the only one, baby. It was you this, the, this was the week. This is the week the, the, the league was like, um, it was like bizarro football. It was like we went into an alternate universe and everything that you didn't think would happen, happened. And especially last night's two games. Um, what's his name? Tommy DeVito. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course my Will Levis. I knew once he got a second to play, he was gonna be okay. I just I just worried about his attitude. And what? yeah, that gives Tennessee a weapon next year, where they can actually throw the ball downfield. They get them a receiver. Ooh. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. I- not even gonna say anything about them getting a receiver, but it was this is a week of upsets. You got the Jets beating the Texans. Anybody had that on their bingo card? Jets beating the Texans this week? Anybody? Okay, because I damn sure didn't either. Um, first it started off with the Patriots beating the Steelers. Anybody had that on their bingo card? Okay. I think hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's go to that first because we talked about that Thursday night, and I said I didn't think the two teams would cross midfield five and a half times. And they did that in the first half. They actually scored, I think, 31 points in the first half, 21 10. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think they got six more at the end of that and then shut down the city. Then they came back to earth and realized they were two bad teams and played like it. Now, move it. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Matt says there was a lot of stinky football, like diarrhea diaper and a hot sun dumps the bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, did anybody have Chicago? Because that's a part of that diarrhea dumpster. Uh, did anybody have Chicago beating the, the Lions on their on their uh their um bingo card? Because I didn't have that either. I didn't. But um, the funny thing about Chicago, I think they're starting to loosen up the rings a little bit and let this um Justin Fields kid kind of react more than they were earlier. I think they tried to do. Um, the old 
draw a circle behind the um behind the line of scrimmage and you gotta stay in that circle because he looks like he's playing a little bit more free. Maybe it's because of the orange tape on the shoes, but he's playing a lot more free right now. Um he had like three plays. If you go and I always recommend this the baldy um breakdown on Instagram, he has like a, a thing called just in fields and this shows him scrambling out of the pocket um on a first, I think it's a goal line play. Um, they're on, they're backed up to their goal line, and he makes like three guys miss, um, and then he gets out the door because you know with him, he runs like a four four, um, four five. So he got up the field and gained like thirty yards, got them out of bad field position. Um, then he did it again on a third and three, gained another fifteen to twenty yards. Um, I think if they want to do something, that's got to be their key, and another key's got to be Montez Sweat. I think Montez Sweat is starting to get to the quarterback a lot more than he did before. Um, and that's going to be the special thing right now. If they can find some blend of defense to go with that offense, um, it can, they could make a little run, make it at least interesting on the rest of the way. I agree. Uh, did anybody have the Vikings beating the Raiders three to nothing? On their bingo card, Low, lowest scoring game I think of the season. Did anybody have that on their bingo card? You guys had that on your bingo card because I damn sure didn't. Um, let's well, talk about, one uh, thing I did have on my bingo card is Josh Dobbs coming back to earth. Like he played two really good games, and then it's like there's a reason he's a backup and not a starter because that magic happens for two or three weeks, and then he goes comes back to reality. Like he wakes up one morning, and was like looks in the mirror, and he says. Oh, Josh Dobbs, and realizes who he is, and then he goes back to playing like his old self. So, are you calling him the Black Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think. I mean, I think he fits into a nice category of like a Taylor Haneke. Him, um, I think Fitz gave you a little bit more than one or two ball games. Like I put Fritz Fitz in like the low end starter category. I put these guys at the the high level backup where if you can get them in the game for three or four games, you can maintain till your starter comes back. Okay. Well, the five games that we had on our list, let's start with the first one. Cause I had hey, hey, hold on. What you say? the five games that we had on our list. Oh, okay. I like that list. That's a thing. <laughs> I had this one on my bingo card, and I went out on the limb. I was I was Tina Marie on Sunday. I was out, I'm out on a limb. That's what I was by myself, by myself. And we're talking Kansas City versus Buffalo. The over under was forty eight and a half. Kansas City was favored by one and a half. They just missed the under. That's the only thing I didn't get. I had the over and I had Buffalo winning outright. The Boss BJ and the Midnight Rider both had Kansas City. Uh, I think Xavier had Kansas City too. I didn't write your picks down. We said you didn't count. Shut up. Shut up, Meg. Um, (laughs) 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 Buffalo played a a pretty decent game. Uh, The game ended under controversy, quote unquote. Because of the offsides penalty, and it's not offsides, it was actually illegal procedure. And then uh the final play, which was an incomplete, uh Von Miller was allegedly offsides, and they let it slide. Um he was offsides, but okay. 
I, I didn't see it, so that's why I said allegedly. Yeah, he was all sides. Uh, Josh, that, that jump happens any other time. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step step all over you on this, but that if that happens any other time, that's cold. But for some reason, I guess that same ref that decided he had to have his flag out for that for that toe, um, being over the line, then then of course we all know Twitter. Like we found every instance. Um, this weekend, where receiver lined up in the same spot as Kadarius Tony, and there wasn't a flag. So, let me let me, before I get to sense, let me stop you there. I didn't need an instance to when he when he lined up like that because I can go back to last season, Washington versus the Giants. When Terry came up, he looked at the at the the, the ref, gave him the thumbs up. The ref gives him the thumbs up. Now everybody say, why didn't he shouldn't have to check in with the ref? No matter what level of football you play in, and Dario, you can attest to this. When you split out outright. You look at the ref, you, you get a thumbs up to the ref, the ref will tell you move up or move move back. He'll tell you move in a direction, he'll give you the thumbs up. If he gives you the thumbs up, you're good. He never checked in with the fucking ref. That's his fault. That's his fundamental flaw. Don't blame the ref for that. He was wrong. Okay. Same thing happened to Terry. Only thing is Terry checked in with the ref, gave the ref a thumbs up, ref gives the thumbs up back. Soon as the ball snapped, there's the flag. Well, let's just say last night, Tyreek Hill, same spot, same same exact everything, no flat, no Did flat. he check in with the ref? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Ah, see, that's the that that's the key. That's the sixty-four dollars question. Okay. If he checked in with the ref and got a thumbs up from the ref, then you're good. Okay. Now, now see, it's wrong if you get a thumbs up and then he throws the flag. Right. I got you. I got you. I'm with you on that. Don't tell me I'm good and then wait to throw the flag and then I'm not good. Right, right, right. So, Josh Allen, 24, 23 of 42, 233, a touchdown to pick. Patty Mahomes, 25 of 43, 271, a touchdown to pick. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 11 carries, nine, uh, 39 yards. James Cook, 10 carries, 58 yards. Also had five receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey doing Kelsey things, uh, six receptions, 83 yards. This is the second game in a row that the refs have, quote-unquote, screwed uh, Kansas City. Do you think the shine of Kansas City being dominant and being the top team in the league has worn off? Or do you think this is just a, this is just a victim of circumstance? When your wide receivers lead the league in drop passes, and it's funny how this stat doesn't get brought up a lot, but when it's when you can get away with it, or when it's somebody you like, we we will the teams will or the um, league or the reporters will apply it. And I've heard this a couple times when Kansas City plays, they talk about the receivers dropping the passes, and unfortunately they got Kadarius Tony and um, Scant- Valdez Scantlin. Is that how you say his last name? Um, you got both of them on the same team, and both of them, um, that's to say they got some Rod Gardner in their system. So, um, yeah, it's a 50-50 chance, man. And you never know. You never know what they're going to do if they're going to catch it. Um, I think they should make a rule that every time they catch a pass over 50 yards, you stop the game and award them the football. I see no problems. I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous because as a quarterback, when you're trying to get a rhythm, 
if they're dropping everything, you you start thinking like what like you can't go hand it to them. So what can what else can you do to get this pass caught? And then now you're second guessing because you might see him streaking. You're like, eh, I'll take the check down. Okay, that's everybody would say that's a lie, but I would because I, I would never take the check down. But I'm just saying, in theory, you're just mm-hmm. tired of guys dropping the football on you. Maybe they need to get uh maybe they need to call up um Lester Hayes and, and, and Fred Belitnikov. Or that little kid from the little giants. Or uh uh what's my man? Um geez, what was Orlando Jones name in the replacements? Oh, I know you talk- yeah, I can't think of his name in that. But I, I can't think of his name. One of my favorite movies, and I can't think of his name. But you know, he need to hold his hands up like coach, this don't look natural. Look I got jacked off elephant, but <laughs> That's what they need. I mean, it's something. Or oh, they need to, oh, you know what? Good old fashioned practice will help with that. Work with the no, jugs. That's, that. that's not that's a concentration thing. That's a um I'm not even saying that's a I don't work with my craft. I think it's more of a thing of it's almost like if you watch a guy, um now here's a guy that, that stays after practice and shoots like a hundred to two hundred free throws or whatever. And like he's 80% on the free throw line. But it's like the second he gets in that game and in that setting, it's like 30%. And you watch this guy like every day after practice making his free throws. But it's something about when you get in the game. We're not talking about practice, we're talking about a game. And I think that's what might be the problem. I think we dropped a couple references already today. I think we did. We're in our bag early. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Next up, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, 36 and a half was the over-under. Cleveland was a 1.5 favorite. The boss BJ, we all took Jacksonville. The boss BJ was the only one that took the over. Jacksonville loses 31 to 27. Trevor Lawrence, 28 of 52, 57, three touchdowns and three picks. Flacco, another 300-yard game, 26 to 45, 311, three touchdowns and a pick. ATN, 14 carries, 35 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ford, 12 carries, 51 yards. Evan Ingram showed up and showed out. He caught 11 passes. Talk about the, the yips. That dude in New York had the yips. 95 yards and two touchdowns. And Joku, uh, six catches, 91 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, thoughts on this? That's how I knew. The second I saw him catch the ball and get physical, I was like, this is over. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Now, tomorrow he's going to wake up, or next Sunday he's going to wake up and realize he's David Njoku and go back to being Jane. The man who like Tars in the plays like Jane. Uh, I didn't expect Jacksonville to lose this game, but I think Trevor Lawrence is way more. He's. I, we knew he was injured. I think he's right. hurt. There's a difference between injured and hurt. I think he's hurt. I, I agree to a point. I also think some of this might just be. Like, when you get in the last part of the season, um, there are times that just – it's just it's just not there. You know, you, you're just not the team that you normally are. Um, whether it's the fatigue, you know, maybe it's this, – this is the week some of the guys, the young guys especially, you know, they haven't played football this long because of their, their rookies, and you just don't have that energy. So I think it's a little bit of both right now. And I think that this was the week where where Captain Chaos took over. 
<laughs> Who you telling? Uh, next up, I I called this game of the week one A because I, I really wanted to see how San Francisco re- responded. Uh, the 49ers took on the Seahawks. Uh, 46 and a half was the over under. 13 and a half point favorites were the 49ers. The boss BJ took the under. The Midnight Rider took the over. Seattle to cover. And I took San Francisco with the over. Uh, we got the under. San Francisco wins 28-16. Drew Locke started this game. Uh, 22-31, 269. Two touchdowns, two picks. Brock Purdy doing Purdy things. Purdy Purdy. 19-27. Uh, 368, two touchdowns in the pick. Friday Shot night. It will be so great. Great, 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 great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Charbonnet, nine carries, 44 yards. Christian McCaffrey doing McCaffrey things. 16 carries, 145. Here's something I'm going to say before I go to receivers. I always have this theory about sons of good to great football players. I always say the sons never live up to the father's accolades. I believe... Christian McCaffrey, I, I had a list. I got to remember my list, but I know Christian McCaffrey is one of them that lives up to his dad's accolades. Yeah. Now, most people would say, well, Ed McCaffrey was just a runner. No, no, Ed McCaffrey was a dog. Like this dude broke his leg twice in his career and came back and had 1,000-yard receiving seasons. You know, he he had he, – he got three Super Bowl rings, three. One of the best receivers in Denver Bronco history. Him and Rod Smith, probably the best wide receiver tandem next to uh, Vance Johnson and, and, and Ricky Natil in Denver. And I'm going back. But I digress. I, I think that Christian McCaffrey is living up to the last name. And I think he is probably, arguably, the best running back in the league? Am, am, am I far off on that? Do you agree? Uh, best running back in the league. I'll 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 us at this point in time. And um I'll let you have that statement. Um yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. I'll go with that. Uh, Tommy Thompson. This, this see, this is the gentleman I was telling you about with the NBA tournament. He brought up that, and I've been thinking about that all day. That in season tournament, he says, Duval, we bouncing back this week. You better because I need you to. I need I, I need my money back. I, I I need to make a run. I need to go undefeated the next couple of weeks so I can win this daggone thing. Um, hold up, is that the Boston guy? No, 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 no. Oh, no. okay, okay, okay. I was about to say, because I got it smart. So that's why I didn't think he was the Boston guy. Because he looked no, like a very intelligent guy. He, he's not the Boston guy. He's okay. not the Boston. That's uh Frosty Bias. Okay. On, on, on Twitter. Really, really good dude. Uh receiving Yo, Hey, um, I'm, I'm at Fat Poet 10. So hit me up this week. My nickname is The Fat Aristotle. And I'll follow you and check out um whatever you're doing, brother. No, that's the Boston guy that's Frosty Bias. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't care whoever it is. He can follow me too. I'll take followers. 
Uh, Tyler Lockett had six receptions, 89 yards. Debo Samuel. Might as well say it again, doing Debo things. Seven receptions, 149, and a touchdown. Um, As I said at the top of the show, the 49ers have arrived. Two back-to-back wins that were very, very impressive. Now, this game was shaky at best, but they, they pulled it out, and they pulled it out convincingly. I'll take that. Uh, Tommy Tom says, once you stated your point of people sitting and resting guys after they won the end season tournament, it made sense. I think I was, I'm mad at myself because I forgot to put money on Dallas tonight against LA. Cause I think tonight's the night that they're going to struggle because of all the energy they exuded during the tournament. I think they're next two. They're going to lose. Mm. Damn. I should have put money on it. Uh, next up. We had the L.A. Rams visiting the Baltimore Ravens. This was a, a game that was in doubt for a little bit. Let's just say that. The Ravens had to really get creative and pull it out in OT. I'm returning. Yeah, of all things. Um, Matt Stafford. I'm sorry. 46 and a half. 40 and a half was the over-under. Baltimore was a was a, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The boss, BJ, took Baltimore on the under. The Midnight Rider said Rams to cover in the under. I took Baltimore on the under. We were all wrong on the under. Baltimore won it. Stafford, 23 of 41, 294 and three touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 24 of 43, 316, three touchdowns and an interception. Not bad for a running back. Uh, Williams, hey, huh? So I swear, it's, it's a whole different thing. When you give a quarterback weapons, it's amazing how they how different they look. I mean, going back to the game we talked about earlier, the Chicago game, they actually used DJ Moore this week. Boom. You get production. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you got to feed your dog. And some yeah. teams don't feed their dogs. Sometimes they leave them out and just let them sit in the cold. Terry McLaurin. Not even going to go there with you. No, I'm not talking about I'm talking bad about them. No, I know you're not, but you I'm absolutely about they just right. don't feed them. They don't feature them. You, you're absolutely right. That's why I said I'm not going to go there with you because I don't know <laughs> about that. You're absolutely right. Um, Williams had 25 carries, 114 yards. Lamar Jackson, 11 carries, 70 yards. We have a Cooper Cup sighting and also Odell Beckham sighting. Cup, eight receptions, 115 yards in the touchdown. Beckham, four uh, receptions, 97 yards in the touchdown. Uh, like you said, they won this on the punt return, but this was a sloppy game for a little while. This is a very, very sloppy game, and Baltimore was about to start that, so raving it. Oh, here we go. The boss BJ. Some teams don't have any dogs. Commanders. So, um, this Rams game, I watched it the whole time. I love how McVay actually decided that at some point, Baltimore was had to stop them running the football. And that was a beautiful thing. Now, unfortunately, he stopped running the ball in his damn self when he got in the red zone a couple of times. And I think they had to settle for field goals, which I didn't understand. But, I mean, play callers being a play caller, every now and then you think you done shown them the same thing too many times and you you, you think it's time to to go ahead with the, with the okie doke. So, that's like last night I watched – which game was it? Was it Tennessee? 
or was it New York? One of the games last night, I can't think of which one it was because I watched the Manicast. So they kept flipping back and forth. So I kind of lost sight of which was which. Oh, I think it was Miami. That um, the first down they got in the red zone each time, they ran like a reverse or something funky and like hurt themselves um, and took themselves out of rhythm. I say all that to say that I think the Rams kind of got a little too smart for their own good a couple times and lost lost some things on the drives that he had going on. I think um, we see that the Rams can score with anybody. So it's going to become interesting because Cup's back now, so you have the that dynamics in the passing game of being able to get whatever you want from two shifty wide receivers. And I, I think they don't have that guy that takes the top off the roof unless you count two two at well. But um, I think the Los Angeles Rams are going to make it interesting the rest of the way for simple fact that they can find themselves in the mix at the end. I'll give you that. Last but not least, the game of the week, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. This was, I just knew this game was going to be a, a, a knock them, knock down, drag out, slobber knocker. But it last, it wasn't. Dallas wins 33-13. Over-under was 51 and a half. Got the under because it was only, what's that, 46? 46. Okay. So uh, three and a half was Dallas covered. Uh, we all took the over. Boss BJ took Philly. I took Philly. The Midnight Rider took uh, Dallas, but Philly covers. We all thought it was going to be a close game. It was not. Uh, the boss BJ chiming in in the comments section. He said uh, Buffalo exposed the Eagles. Yeah. Nah, I, I think the Eagles are coming off a stretch. They had a five-game stretch. They played like top-tier teams. And I think the first three games, they all had to come back after that, um, after being down at the half. And I think they just exuded too much energy to get themselves back in that spot. I think some of the things with their defense, with their linebackers are struggling. I think that hurt them as well. Um, also, the fact that their secondary really hasn't jailed. And shout out to the guy um, in Philly who stood on the corner with a sign. And beside the sign were two trash cans. One was named Bradbury. The other trash can was named um, Slay. thought that was pretty funny and creative. I enjoyed it. I thought... Like hell. I said, this is going to be a test. But the test was, I didn't think the test was going to be for, for Dallas. I thought it was going to be a a, a test for um Philly. And Philly failed the test. Like I said earlier, Philly, you know, welcome Dallas, you have arrived. As I announced earlier this, uh, this show, Dallas, you have arrived. Welcome to the party. How long will you stay? You know, it's, it's cool to be in the party, but the question is, are you going to take the prettiest girl home? Mm. That's the ultimate goal when you come to the party, is to take the prettiest girl home. Well, one time I did have a 10. Okay, she was two fives, but... <laughs> oh, shit. The boss BJ saying they're proving the 49 is right. 
Yeah. Uh, Stingston and Trash. Yeah, that's, I, that's old school. I remember when they had no receivers, and it, it was bad. It well, was I didn't bad. hope that Donovan was throwing the ball into the ground anyway. But that's another comment for another day. <laughs> he says a nut is a nut. Okay. Yeah, but this time you want to do it with the prettiest girl because the consolation prize is, I guess, Here we doing go. Here we go. I mean, I'm guessing that's the consolation prize. If you don't blue lady, blue lady. Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, I'm not even going to sing the song. Yes, that's, I'm not know. even going to sing the song. Nope, we're not even doing that. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, let's let, let's look at the playoff picture before we get to this last segment. Oh my God, I'm not even going to do this with you. NFL playoff pitches. Brother, this is – it's a little bit more clear than what it was. Let's call it what it is. Um, Everybody's in the hunt. Nobody's clinched yet. In the AFC nah, – San Francisco is the only one – San Francisco clinched last night, a playoff spot. Oh, they did. I, I hadn't got off to the NFC yet. Oh, I got No, no, I got you. I got you. I didn't see it. So, in the hunt for the AFC, the Ravens are 10-3. and three. The Dolphins, who lost last night – are nine and four, and here's the problem with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a have a, a a habit of the first eleven weeks they're out the gate hot, 11, 12, 13 weeks they're out the gate hot. Then all of a sudden they fall, and when they fall, they fall hard. Are we going to see another Dolphins collapse? Is the question. Mm, interesting question, but I think I think they have enough space. That as long as they win one or two coming down the stretch, they got four games left. If they can split the stretch, they win the division. Because I don't think I, I think it's hard. It's gonna be harder for Buffalo to catch them um, than for them to fall out of that that spot. Uh, coming in third is the Chiefs. The Jaguars are fourth. The Browns are fifth. The Steelers are sixth. The Colts are seventh. Uh, on the bubble are the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills, as well as the Chargers and the Raiders. The Jets still have uh, life, and so do the Titans, all sitting at the Titans, Jets, Raiders, Chargers are all 5-8. and eight. Uh, Eliminated are the Patriots, who are 3-10. and 10. Right. Moving over to the NFC side, as the Midnight Rider has already said, the 49ers have clinched. Um, they're number one, Dallas, number two in the hunt, uh, Lions, number three, number four is the Buccaneers, number five are the Eagles, who were the number one team going into the weekend. Now they're in the number five team in the NFC. And let's, let's go ahead and explain that out for people, just in case they're not, um, big football fans, the, the top four seeds in the playoffs are reserved for all the division winners. Then the fifth team is the team with the next best record. So that's how Philly goes from number one to number five. Because they are number two in the MC in the NFC East because they lost the head-to-head matchup with the Dallas Cowboys. Number six is the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers rounded out at seven. On the bubble are the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints, all six and seven. Uh, the Giants, Bears, Commanders, 
and yeah. Cardinals are even alive right now. Eliminated is the uh, Carolina Panthers. Sorry. I think this week is going to go a long way into eliminating some of those stragglers, uh, some of those holder ones. I think the biggest question becomes what team survives the um, the NFC South? I think yeah. everybody, I think there's three teams, the six and seven, maybe all four. No, it can't be all four because Carolina's no. winning whatever. So I think the three teams, Atlanta, New Orleans, um, and Tampa. Yep, are all six and seven. Are all six and seven. And I think they're I think I know I know a couple of them play it depends on who gets Carolina in that matchup last. Because maybe somebody hasn't played Carolina twice, so they get that late. Because they get that, that could be the key to them get, making the playoffs. Um, I don't have the schedules in front of me, but whoever gets the Carolina game, that might help their case in this situation. Aren't you afraid of Carolina playing spoiler? You know that happens a lot. No, no. you have the the, the bottom no. dweller, this doormat, no. and then all of a sudden they play like no. a world beater. Uh uh-uh. no, you wouldn't even let me get the scenario. God damn. <laughs> When I see Carolina play, I see a team that doesn't – I mean, we talked about it last week with, with Eric Benningham at times with a plan, but I think their bigger problem is, like, what, what scares you? Miles mm. Sanders is an average run. I mean, he's, he's a regular running back. He doesn't he doesn't do enough in the run game to make you worry about anything. Chubba Hubbard is a, is a nice piece, but, again, he's another guy where he's just a guy. Um He's not explosive. He's going to get his yards. But, again, the, the lack of explosion in this offense is prevalent. Um, you know, you got the kid, Jonathan Mingo, the second-year kid out of Ole Miss, who might be – who could become something, but he's not doing anything right now. And then, again, your number one option is Adam Thielen. And I can't say nothing more about that. I mean, that that's, that's bad that's in his own way. Yeah. Uh I want to say something, but I really don't. Go ahead, say it. You said something about the enemy, and it reminded me that I was supposed to say something about some things that were said. People are still, it's players are still complaining about his coaching style during the week. I have a problem with that. It's like the most soft-hearted, pussyfied. Bitch shit that I've ever heard in my in my life. We're grown men. You're expected to do a job. He's from the old school. Like, it's not a personal thing. He's trying to get the best out of you. Because the, the better you play, the better he looks. But being, oh, he's yelling. And he he I got things to do. I got to go do, you know, treatment and this, that, and the other. Bro, are you serious? I would love to switch places with anybody that's complaining. I really would. You tell me I get to do what I love and you pay me millions of dollars to do what I love? I don't give a fuck about none of that. Obviously, doing it your way and doing it the soft way, oh, well, we're going to get up out of here and we're going to do this and we're going to leave early. We're not going to practice as hard. What is it done? Because ain't nobody on this team busted a fucking grape in the last four years. So what is it done? You know what? We're gonna we're gonna come back to a football question. I'm gonna ask you the question now. We're gonna come back to it in the wrap it up. B. 
Okay. Because we, I'm stealing this from my guy, Linnell Willingham. Um, well, damn, today he did um, the Hoffman show on 980, and then he went over to 106.7 and finished out the night on um, overtime. But he had a great question, and it made me think, um, and also brought some things to light. So the question is simple. The best draft pick and the worst pick of the Ron Rivera era. Um, just think about it, mull it around, and we'll come back to it at, in the wrap-it-up B. Okay. All right. And BJ brought up a good point. But it's dogs on that on that team. Uh, shit. Yeah, hit dogs because all they do is holler. Moving right along, we're going to talk some baseball. Shohei Otani. The dude's thinking up here. He, 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 you know, everybody else is playing checkers. He playing four-dimensional chess. He got a board here, a board here, and a board here. Oh, you didn't see my hand. A board here, a board here, a board here, and a board here, and they're diagonal. And he's playing chess on each level. This dude just got 10 years of deferment. We're talking $68 million for 10 years. $680 million for 10 years. From 34 to 44. Guaranteed, he's going to take $2 million for a season salary from 24 to 34. And then in 34, that's when he gets the rest of his money. He's going to be able to air condition hell at least 20 times over. Okay. So let's let's start with the, the deferment part. Okay. There was a time. When every now and then Michael Wilbon, I would listen to him. He said one of the greatest points during one of the um, strike seasons. He said, what's going to happen today is this league is going to hire a bunch of lawyers. And these lawyers are going to create the paperwork for all the rules and regulations um, for this to come out of this strike. And and they're going to make that the um, the deal. Okay. He said, and then a week later, he's going to hire another group of individuals, and they're going to find every loophole in that contract, in that deal, and that's how we're going to attack it. We're going to take advantage of every loophole that you create in this thing. And I think what Otani did was he found the loophole, and the loophole of the deferment to make sure his money doesn't count against it. It also shows you his commitment to to wanting to bring other players in and not hogging up the salary cap. Now let's not let's not act like Shohei Otani um is Robin Hood. Um he's St. John the Baptist. He's not that because if if you pay attention Otani has a lot of endorsements. So he still makes he's the highest earning player in baseball in terms of endorsements. He gets up to thirty million in endorsements, so he's not going to be out there paying handling for his two million dollar salary because he's going to have thirty million coming in in all of his endorsements, and I think that number is going to go up a tick because he's in L.A. Um, and I've said this before when I talked about Rui, but there's a heavy Japanese culture on that in in L.A., so there's a place for him to make some money, and I wouldn't be surprised if him and Hachimura were together on some projects or whatever, but. I think Shohei's gonna be okay 
Uh, <laughs> brings me all. Uh oh. Okay. All right. All right. It's okay. But the deferments, it reminds you, it's Barry Bonds. I'm sorry, Bobby Bonilla esque. It's it's Nats. It's the Nats contracts. Like right now, I think this all season, like Max Scherzer starts getting paid. And I think the crazy thing about it is, in terms of the deferments, I think Max Scherzer is like the top three highest paid pitches on three different teams. Because he played for the Nats. I mean, he's getting paid by the Nats, his deferment money. He's getting paid by the Mets, his money. And he's getting paid by the Rangers, his money. Enjoy. One thing about baseball that I wish somebody would have told me when I was about eight or nine is that all that money is guaranteed. It is. Uh, No matter if you play, if they give you a 10-year contract worth these, I mean, these numbers, I remember we were thinking 140 was entirely too much money. Now we're talking almost a billion dollars in some instances. Well, I think this this is the anomaly. This isn't the par for the course. Because you're paying... Like I said, I don't know if I said it with us um, on Sunday morning, but you're paying the best, one of the best hitters in baseball, and you're paying one of the best pitchers in baseball. That is true. And I and I and I'm gonna tell you now, in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. You start hearing some rumors that Otani's doing some bullpen sessions um, as we get closer to the playoffs, and he he tries to air, open that arm up, and maybe he pitches a game here or there. In the playoffs, um, and you get your money directly, you know, right away. You get a return on your dollar right away. Because now you got one of the better pitchers along with whomever else you acquire as a pitcher. And they have the farm system. So they can go get a glass now from the Rays. They can go get Blake Snell from the Padres, even though he doesn't fit their style. Um, you can get somebody else brought in to be the ace until he gets ready to pitch again. And then I think the kid Yamamoto might have signed today already, but I got to double check that. I heard Rumors might be signing, but I'm not sure. Here's the thing, and I'm going to say this. I just need the comparisons to Babe Ruth to stop. He's not Babe Ruth. He's They're not the same player. Yes, one, they both pitch and they both can hit. Great. That's Shohei Otani. He's not the next Babe Ruth. He's the first Shohei Otani. Babe Ruth was Babe Ruth. Stop putting these labels on people to be the next this and that. Let the man be great on his own. That's all I'm saying. And he is already on his way to being great. And I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, If he listens to this, let me hold $20. Let me get 10 grand. Oh, shit. I I said 20. I ain't want to be greedy, man. Shit, that nigga got seven million million (laughs) dollars. All right, man, we done come to that point. Time to wrap that shit up, B. Let me say this. This is something that that, that has been glossed over and has not been said. LeBron James Jr. LeBron James Jr. Bronny James played his first basketball game at the University of Southern California over the weekend. 
and I could not be more happier. Not only did he play his first game, but he passed his dad in all-time NCAA points. He scored four. He got more points than his dad. Like, the kid is on his way. You might have it. You got the picture? You got the picture? What is this, the list? We, we, oh. Uh oh, I, I didn't know we were gonna have a list. Wait, wait, it is it wild thing for real? Cue it up. Yes, I gotta give you a final season one. So let's go ahead, knock it out the box, Rick. Knock him, knock him, knock him out the box, Rick. Knock him. All right, so here we go. Number five, we're gonna start simple. I know I call him Crimea River. Um, and it's no offense to the guy, it's just for the incident. But we're gonna put Caleb Williams out of USC. Mr. Williams, you have made the list at number five. At number four, that a man you hear me talk about him all the time. You're gonna hear me talk about him at nauseum. He's out of Texas, he went to Ohio State, he's he's a frequent fly here. Uh, Mr. Quinn Ewers at number four, you made the list at number three. The oldest man in college football, only man collecting social security checks while he's at the University of Oregon. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Bo Nix, you have a made the list. And at number two, oh boy, oh boy. The man has been number one most of the season, but I got to drop him to two just because of the Heisman Trophy being awarded to the other guy. So, Mr. Big Phoenix Energy, Michael Phoenix Jr., you have made the list at number two and at number one. The fall guy, the stunt man, Super Dave himself, Jaden Daniels, at number one, you have made the list. And I'd like to give an honorable mention to some guys that have made some great performances this season. Um, guys like Jordan Travis, good season. Kid Cam Ward out of um, Washington State. Good season. They didn't make the list. Also, before I get out of this, I heard Riley Leonard's going to Notre Dame. Dear Coach S. Curl, stop getting this fifth-year seniors and let's actually develop a quarterback from your fellow – from a Notre Dame fan. And to recap the list, at number one, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. At number two, the Big Phoenix Energy. Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. At number three, Old Man River. Bo Nix at Oregon. At number four, Quinn Ewers, my personal favorite quarterback, but for list purposes, I got to be unbiased. At number five, Crammy River. Oh, Crammy, Crammy. Caleb Williams. And that is the last edition of the list for this college football season. Hey, it was surprising. It was surprise, 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 surprise. Holla, 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 I'll say Chase Young, not because of performance, but because we didn't get full potential due to uh, injury. 
And I, been- so I say, I say the best pick of this regime is I'm gonna say Cam Curl. I was gonna go with Cam, but I said B Rob. Okay. Um, the worst pick has been every second rounder this team has taken mm. under the Ron Rivera regime. That's Quan Martin, who hasn't done anything. I think Sam Cosme. I mean, he, you're playing him at guard, and he's he's not he's not as good as we thought he was gonna be at guard. Um, actually, there was this thing where I think the the last good second rounder they took was Preston Smith. Yeah, guy that you don't like. No, I think Preston Smith's okay. I thought he was fine. He's just gonna get he gets the sacks and bunches. You go four weeks where you think he's um Warwick Holtman, and then one week where he plays like an all-star. And he's gonna have four sacks in that one ball game, and he goes back in the witness location and then comes back and gets another three or four sacks. He's doing it right now in Green Bay. He's gonna end the season with eleven sacks. Oh, so he pulls a Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, he's gonna get at eleven. He's gonna get there. But but how he gets there isn't isn't the most impressive. Okay. Uh, last but not least, before we get out of here, it's a report that Ted Leonsis wants to move the Caps. I think the Caps and the Wizards, the Mystics, are staying south. It's more than a report, brother. It's more than a report, brother. So what we got in, in the last two hours is there's a event tomorrow at Potomac Yards where um, Yonkin, I guess he's the governor of Virginia. Um, he and Ted Leonsis are going to make an announcement. From that spot, that that's what they're trying to do. Now, I've heard the phone calls. I think there's one caller that called in and said that um, he doesn't believe the city of Alexandria is going to allow this to happen. Because this is just a preliminary agreement. This is a tentative agreement. Um, And Washington did. uh, Mira Bowser supposedly was trying to come in at the last minute to um, save face, but I guess you just don't listen. Like, I think, yeah, of course. I mean, you know how it is. Like, it's just like, I don't believe her with RFK, but we, we're not going to go there. No, so I'm, I'm going to go there because if she didn't have her ass in Dubai, maybe she could have said something to save the damn wizards from leaving out the damn city. You know what they did for Chinatown? Cut it out, man. Go ahead. No, nah, I mean, but dog, this, this, it's like I said before, the council will tell you it's raining while they're peeing on your legs. So, um, I'm not worried about that. But, yeah, so tomorrow is the announcement, um, the deal being um, imminent. And and then it's not a bad area. I mean, it's the problem is going to be getting in and out exactly. of that area. Um, that's two lanes in and two lanes out. Um, they're going to definitely have to do some kind of um, work to, to get traffic, to get better flowing traffic. But the good thing is it's right, by, right off the metro. They just opened up. The Potomac Yard um, station, mm-hmm. so so you want to have metro accessibility, and more than likely, if they're even smarter, they'll they'll do one of the first things you can never see where this metro can literally come the, the the escalators bring you up into the stadium, or right right into the the entrance of the stadium. What is Gallery Place if a Gallery Place doesn't do that? Gallery Place brings you up to the side of the building. I'm talking about like front door service. 
I mean, it's as close to the front door as you can get, but I, you know what I'm saying. You can you can take it another step further, KG. That's what I'm saying. Here's the thing, and I, I know, and Boss BJ said, tell him to step. I don't like teams moving to Virginia because the, Virginia is hard enough to get through Virginia. Like, it's hard enough to get into Virginia and then get back out. <laughs> But it's also hard to get through PG County. It's hard to get downtown. You got to take public transportation. So I don't like our teams being in Virginia for games because it's just – I think you're moving away from the, 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 the diehard fan. You're moving no, away from – I mean, that's, that's, that's a little disrespectful for the, to the Virginians because they've traveled everywhere to be fans. And this is I'm like not saying all of them. No, no, I'm no, no I got you. But I'm just saying, I think I think at a certain point, this is just about business. And 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 I think Ted Ted has the point because he's come to them on several occasions and them being DC and asked for things. Hey, can I have this? Can you can you give me more security? Can you give me that? So so that's part of the problem is they've just been like, Yeah, yeah, go away, or we don't have the money. And Ted's like, now all of a sudden you're like, oh. We want to make all these moves to the commanders. No, I've been here. Ted should feel very disrespected. So, I've been here. I've built up one community to a point where you have he's helped build what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Abe built up that community. Okay. So no buildings were built in the last 10 years? No, no, I'm not saying that, but Abe started that. Right, right. I give you that. But no, I mean, I just think he shouldn't. I think he's he's got a right to be upset because of what has happened and what is the the buildup around that area. And plus, Abe put that stadium in the ground. I don't think Abe got any money from the city to build that. He didn't. He did all. I think that was all Abe's money. So that's another thing. Like you never you never put money into it. So like, why not? And this is the part that always frustrates me with politicians is. They have a very reactionary response to a lot of things. Like now, all of a sudden, he's serious about leaving. Now you want to make these last-ditch efforts. Now you want to run around the Wilson building acting like you can try to get something done. It don't. That's not going to work right now because you don't waited too long. You don't let everything happen. So now you got to deal with the consequences. And that's the problem. Like if they had just shown an ounce of concern for the things that Ted complained about, Ted would not be going anywhere. He got a stadium that he didn't have to pay for. Here's a, here's a funny thing. Everything you just said, so we can just go ahead and we can blame Muriel Bowser for this, correct? Because hey, it's like maybe what's that just... and um and um was that bigger, better, uncut in South Park. Yeah. They sing blame Canada. You can you just take the same voices and change it to blame Bowser. Okay. I just want to make sure we was on the same page because that's who I blame. Yeah. The same reason why we're they're talking about moving the commanders to Virginia. So the boss BJ said, Ooh, he a little harsh. They tell tell Ted to fuck off and take them sorry ass teams with them. Damn, why the Caps catching strays? The Caps the best team to play in the building. Outside of Georgetown? Shit. Oh, boy. Damn, bro. Maybe that, that'll help. Maybe they can 
break the stadium down to like a 10,000 seat arena. And that way they can fit the five Georgetown fans in the building. And they can sell out. It's time to go home. Because <laughs> you you want you want one, and I ain't really I ain't really here for that bullshit. All right, that's what's up. So, <laughs> all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back because we got Saturday football to break down on Thursday, and we also got Thursday night football. So we got I think four games to break down at least on Thursday. So join us on Thursday. Until then, that's the Midnight Rider. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime, y'all. I promise you we don't. We are out of here.